Welcome to the Lower Room Discourse, where we talk about the Bible in fun and interesting ways. Oh, welcome back to the Lower Room Discourse. <laughs> this is Garland, and I've got Caleb and Tad and Daniel clapping in the background. This is a good start. Tad just knocks stuff over. Um, and here we are rolling. Our episode this time is, uh, what is the biggest moment of suspense? Just leaving you in that moment of suspense in the Bible. One of the things we've noted on this uh, before is the reason we're doing this is we actually really, really like the Bible. Like the Bible is fascinating. It is it full of it's full of amazing stories. It's got amazing characters. It has it has an amazing plot line that ultimately is building towards Jesus. And like we we really do get into the Bible and go, that's just a great story to tell and a great story to hear. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that just they just leave you going. Give me what happened next. And you can imagine there are some stories where you do get the resolution, but if you can just put yourself in the scene and mm-hmm. drop yourself into it, you go, what did that feel like for that hour or year or right. generation or something like that? Well, because for us, oftentimes we get to read it in the suspense only lasts a few paragraphs or a page. But yeah. for the people yeah. who are living it, years it, it, can go by. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, it's just like the sentence ends and then it's, and then later you're like, what, wait, 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 what wait. happened there? I yeah. want more of that. So the Bible gives us a lot of this. I was going to just prompt us with this, though. You know, what is the show, and maybe we'll say it this way, the show that got you with suspense initially, and maybe later on you were over it, or it kept you there. Like, I can say that, like, 24 is the one that comes to example, uh, come to my mind. Like, the show 24, um, Jack Bauer, like, that show, for like a, for, like, two seasons, I was all in. And then it reached a point where it just was so silly to be left every time. Like it, every single episode ends with this ridiculous, uh, you know, cliffhanger suspense moment. And I finally reached a point where I'm going, the actual plot of this is not that it's, interesting. Isn't that good? I, they're, just, they're just teasing me every time. Well, it had to be hard for you because when you were watching that, you, you were watching it live. And so you, you had to wait a week between each one. You're that you, old. I'm not that much you older also, than you. First you also of all, had to go to second Blockbuster. Of all, I also <laughs> rented them on DVD. Thank you very much. I thought it was VHS back then. <laughs> and it's the worst. I will give this for real. So you're mocking me, but I'm going to lead into it even more. We would, we would rent, like you couldn't rent the whole season at I, once. So you had to rent like right. episodes yeah. one to five or whatever ha- would be like in this sleeve. Uh-huh. Then it was like episode six to nine or whatever. And the worst when you would go to Blockbuster or right. Hastings or whatever it was, looking for the next set and, they and it didn't was out. Have it. Yeah. And you're like, what? And everybody it's, wants that next disc. But that's also when Netflix would send you, would mail oh, DVDs yes. to you. I forgot so you, about you that. Would, you could get Ooh. three. That's how Netflix back, started, yes. And then and it went, you had to be yeah, was, really thoughtful about that hard. because you, then you don't remember what happened. Totally. And twenty four is that kind of show where it's only good with the streaming service because right. then you can watch as much as you want. You're never waiting, and I never had that experience. It was always pre streaming service. Twenty four is the reason binge watching became a thing. Yeah, it, it, it was masterful at it. Yeah, but eventually, like the one that comes to mind for now is I loved Mandalorian for the first season. And then by the mid- midway through the second, I was like, ah. And then Too the third, much. I'm like, I just it just isn't going anywhere. It, it, it is yeah. just suspense for no reason. Well, um, that's, I, my wife and I got into the designated survivor for a little while, and I, I can't remember what platform it was on, but it, it's basically we a tried show to watch that one saying every if everybody in the White House passes away because of this tragedy, who's the next person? Who's the designated survivor who would then was that Keeper Sutherland as well? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's in all these shows. He, he would take role of president. <laughs> 
and it's every episode you're just hanging on. It, it's always a cliffhanger. You're so it's so there's so much suspense. But eventually you get to the point where you go, this is just constant problems. All I'm doing is watching a show to end in a problem right. over and over. So I, I think I made it a season, maybe season and a half, and just went, I can't do it anymore. You have a favorite? Mm. I, I think that the one that jumps to mind immediately, I got super into The Walking Dead when I was in college. Uh, zombie show. That's a very tad thing. I was, I was hooked. I <laughs> How was many hooked. seasons uh, I are there? I probably stopped. I, th- I mean, I think well over 10. I, I probably tapped out around like nine. Uh, but at the end of season six, they finally come up against like, I mean, like the big bad, bad guy that like of the show at this point. Uh, he's not a zombie. There's not a zombie. Negan. He's like this just kind of intense guy, but he's got a barbed wire wrapped bat uh, that, that he walks around with named Lucille. And that's his, it's bad, but he finally catches them all and like ties all up, all the protagonists up. <laughs> I know it sounds lame why'd when you I'm say it like that. Why'd you say Lucille, Lucille. like that? <laughs> uh, I think that's the name of the bad. I hope I got that right. Anyway, uh, it ends with all of like the, your favorite characters bound, tied in a circle and he's walking around with the bat and somebody's going to die. Like, you know, he's about to just crush someone's face and then it ends. And you had to wait until the season the seven se- premiere oh, gotcha. to know who I it was. I hate when shows that's, do that. And it was, it that's was tough. One when you finally got to season seven, it's heart wrenching who, right. who he kills. But that waiting period was stupid. Yeah. Well, there's also that's times so good. Also, where <laughs> I remember, I remember being in college watching Duke play. Who, who did Gordon or did Butler? Duke was playing Butler yep. in the championship, and when Gordon Hayward shot the half court shot. That was this moment of suspense mm. that I can still see in my mind, him heaving it, watching it almost in slow motion and just barely miss. Oh, yeah. Almost. It just, it just lasted so long, mm. though. Such a suspenseful moment. I do think is what makes sports so enjoyable is, you know, you get into, especially basketball, you'll get late in the game and it's, it's the pace slows significantly, which really builds the suspense. I think it's it's really the only, and I'm not a baseball guy, uh, but when I watch baseball, it's what makes baseball so good is it's just so deliberate and slow paced that it builds the suspense like a really good baseball game, like a playoff baseball game in like October. Mm-hmm. I get like I get like nervous watching it because there's yeah. just so much idle time waiting for mm-hmm. like the next three two count and you can foul it off and right. you can foul another one off. And it's just like it just is a lot of suspense and waiting to get the resolution. And so we and then, we crave it. We love this. Oh, yeah. And then YouTube TV shuts off. For a second, oh, wait, as I hate the pitch that. is being thrown, <laughs> and our YouTube TV thinks it's <laughs> over, go, no! so it stops at the very end, and you're like, "No, it can't what? go any far. It can't go yeah. farther." Um, okay, I'm gonna take one off the board because it might be too obvious. Um, and it's just we, we've said many times before that uh, using Jesus as our answer uh, sometimes is a little bit too obvious. So let me just give you the ending of Mark, um, and this is this is hotly debated. You know, uh, scholars debate if you if you if you read the ending of the Gospel of Mark. Mark has a couple of different endings, and almost all scholars agree that what's added after verse eight, so verse nine and following, was not in the you know the original uh, story of Mark. And so there's debate as to whether uh, Mark had an original ending that's been lost to us, and these were scribes putting something together, or if Mark didn't have a longer ending and it really did end at verse eight. Um, and let me just give you how it would end if it does. And there's some scholars that suggest this even as a way to build suspense for the reader or the audience hearing Mark's gospel out loud. And some of the cases for this are really interesting, actually. Here's how the story in the gospel of Mark ends. Uh, They go to the tomb and they find it empty. 
And it says, uh, they looked up, they saw the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? But go, tell his disciples and Peter. He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid, period. That's the end of Mark's gospel. <laughs> and almost all scholars agree what comes afterwards is definitely not in Mark. So maybe there was another ending. And some even suggest that's how he ended it. I kind of like. I, I do I like love it. The I, I actually the love if that's well, the ending. Well, in the way that Mark has written, it's a pretty quick, short Yeah, everything's gospel. moving. Yeah. It does, it does make sense. So if that's the original ending... Man, there's a lot of suspicion. So yeah. But you're saying that can't be one of our answers because... Yeah, that, that can't be an answer. It can't be. Uh, yeah. Which I think there's another story in Mark that shouldn't be allowed to be an answer, and it's in Mark chapter 5. Your demon pigs? Yeah. And <laughs> I had them as my... <laughs> it's the moment the pigs are demonized, and they're just galloping, because no, that's no, no. what pigs do. No. They are just charging together I wrote down on here hill. in the intro for this episode, I actually wrote on here, we can't <laughs> use demon pig guy, because we all want to know what happened. This is one of those great stories where... where the, what happened to the guy? Here's what... Because what happens is, the guy comes up to Jesus and says, so you have... The, the 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 angry farmer going on a rampage and murdering people and he's winning fights apparently, but what happens is <laughs> I just the, wouldn't want to fight him because <laughs> he's confused and scared. So what happens Kick, is tired it, and traumatized. That's right. That's right. You got, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I remember what it was, but I like, those are all three T words. That's great. Um, what actually happens is the guy who was walking around in the graves comes up to Jesus and says, um. I, I want to follow you. you. I will follow you. And Jesus says, right. no, stay here. Uh, you, I, have a, I have a role for you to play here, essentially. He tells him to go back to the 10 go, cities. Go back. Yeah. And, and, and then that's it. And I actually wrote it as a good example of, we can't use it, Demon Pig Guy because we use it about every episode, but it, it is one of those examples of example. what happened to Demon Pig. Mm. This is, this, right, your Demon Pig Guy is the farmer that owns the pigs. This is the guy that's in the tombs. What happens to the tomb guy? Yeah, this is non-demon guy. What happens to that guy? But that's not a moment of suspense as much as it's a... It's, it's an a unanswerable moment, question. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a moment of curiosity. I think a, a moment of suspense that we got to take off the table because everyone would have it is, is the time in between the crucifixion yeah. and the resurrection. Yes. Of course, that's the, that is the biggest moment of suspense and fear and confusion that I think you could find in Scripture. For sure. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, who wants to go first? Tad, take it away. I'll kick us off. Um, I'll start with this one. So I think uh, after Jesus's baptism at the hands of John the Baptist, uh, we get the, the voice from the heavens saying, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. This this really identifying moment for Jesus and kind of Jesus's sign that he's he's beginning his public ministry by going and getting baptized. He then is driven into the wilderness, is led by, the, led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days where he doesn't eat anything. And it says that the Satan comes and tempts him. And uh, it's in Ma Matthew 4 or uh, Luke 4, maybe? Luke 4, yep. Uh, and Satan comes and tempts him first, kind of preys on the fact that he's hungry and says, turn these stones into bread. If you're actually God's son, you can do it. Uh, and then if you're, uh, he takes him and tells him to throw himself off the temple and see if the angels will come save him. 
tells him to bow down and worship him and he'll give him all the kingdoms of the earth. Uh, and the reason I think this is maybe more of a suspenseful moment than we often read it is because if Jesus doesn't survive this test, then he is not the spotless lamb that could come and save us. And I actually think it's it, there's so much drama in this moment because Jesus is kind of this new Adam. There's, I think there's even so much um, really neat literary stuff that they're doing. It says he goes out into the wilderness and he's with among the animals. And you kind of get this idea of, oh, like when Adam and Eve were in the garden amongst the animals and and they're there. And yet in their situation, they had tons of food to choose from. They they had all that they could hope for. And yet when the the tempter comes, they they fall. And so Jesus, even at this place of weakness, he chooses uh, to trust in God's word and he doesn't, he doesn't fall, but there's so much suspense in this. Uh, man, he's head to head with, with Satan and getting tempted. And you just wonder like, is he going to make it? And, I, and we get it at such a fast pace, but if you slowed that down and really thought through the 40 days of that, uh, I think that's a really suspenseful scene. It makes you wonder anyone who maybe thought Jesus was important or significant when he goes out there, you know, they're, they're probably thinking, man, I hope, Hope this goes well. Hope like I don't know back. what's going on yeah. out there. And if you Google it, Judean wilderness, um, it is arid. I mean, it is dry mm. and arid, and and there's crags, and it's it's just not a place that's easy to even survive for forty days, let alone kind of go through this. And so, yeah, channeling, yeah, what like what are his relatives thinking? Like, what, where are you going? Where are you going out there? I'm gonna go out I'm there camping. in that really harsh <laughs> deserty area. No, yeah. Nothing. How are you gonna be able to? I don't know, forty days or so. Yeah. It also mirrors the forty, mirrors the 40 years day, and forty, 40 years, years of wandering. There's, there's so much in this. Yeah, it's still yeah. like identity grounding for Jesus, but but really that thought, of, especially that last temptation of, if you're the true king of the world, if you want all the kingdoms, like I'm offering you a shortcut. Yeah, like, just bow down to me, and I'll give it to you right now. And you wonder, like, does he hesitate at all? And if instead of you're doing this in a movie, you'd kind of like pause that moment out, and then him say, "No, like, get away from me, Satan. I don't, yeah. I don't want yeah. your way. I'm gonna do this the hard way." Yeah. So that's my first mm. suspenseful moment. I like it. Caleb? Good one. I've, I've got one, uh, and it's the, it's almost the whole series of events that surround David and the Bathsheba story. Hmm. Um, and, and the moment of suspense or the Second moments Samuel of, 11 and 12. Yeah, yep. it's in 2 Samuel. You see David actually sees Bathsheba, um, brings her to his home. He sleeps with her. Uh, she is then with a child, and so all of the, the moments that surround that leading up to Nathan confronting David, I, I think just are filled with suspense mm. because you're constantly questioning, wait, this is the chosen king. This is, this is the, the man after God's own heart. This is the kid who, who took down Goliath. When is he going to come clean? When, mm. when is he going to tell the truth. And each step that David takes, it actually gets worse. And so he doesn't just impregnate Bathsheba, but then he has Uriah come home and, and lies about it and tries to make it look like it is Uriah's kid. And then he sends Uriah back. And so he has Uriah killed at the forefront mm. of the uh, of the army. And then uh, Nathan actually comes to him and tells this story. And the reader knows that Nathan is talking about David, but you wonder if for a little bit, David... You think he's going to get away with it. Because he, he actually responds and like, that man should die uh, to mm. the story that Nathan tells. And so just that whole series of events of David coming to his conviction, I think as a reader, you feel the suspense. But if you could be walking in that moment, just always mm. wondering, when is he going to come clean? I, I, I think is... It's, it's a great answer because here's why. If you were to make a movie of that... 
the way you would portray David in this whole series, oh. like you're going to portray him pacing like mm-hmm. on the palace walls, yeah. waiting for news about Uriah. Totally. Then he finally gets it, and Uriah is one of his dudes. Like this is one of his. Yes. this is one of his closest friends in his Just inner got crew that of mix warriors. Of relief, like, but and grief. now he's like, I'm, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's 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 he thinks he gets away with it. He's relieved, but he also feels terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has to he has to at least this is happening quick enough where they think they can fool people about the pregnancy. So a matter of a few weeks or months, mm-hmm. but then long enough to cause the suspense. You oh, know, it's not yeah. as if it's happening rapid fast. Like it's, it's a, long call, enough to feel call it. it. A, call it yeah. a month. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a miserable month for him. He writes He's Psalm just, 51 after this. Totally. Uh, just, I imagine him confession Psalm. after being confronted by Nathan, just laying down in all that anxiety. Yeah. Just, it, it so just, these are, that's, that's, that's it's a really good there. answer. Cause you know, this is a little ser- more serious episode, obviously so far, but like that feeling is suspenseful. That's that's it's yeah. horrible. Yeah, it, it, like it's a uh, horrible moment. Everybody knows that feeling. Um, but even as the get reader, caught? yeah, yeah. Even as the reader, you you can yeah resonate with that. Is he going to get caught? But it makes you you remember the times where you go, "Am I going to get caught? How mm-hmm. long is he going to go with this? Why won't he just confess?" It's mm-hmm. a good answer. It's bad. Um, here's mine. Um, and uh, this is just one of those for me that it just sticks out to me for a whole host of reasons. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. It might be. It's it's. It's probably in my top three or five, this book, uh, Old Testament for sure. Uh, the story of Jonah is famous for a lot of reasons. It's famous because of the fish and the whale and all that stuff. It gets put up on child, like children's, every like children's storybook Bible, Jonah's always in there. And the whale and looks so friendly. It's, it's always a nice whale with <laughs> a little smile. Got, he's got and soft eyes. It's always a whale, by the way, with like the blow <laughs> holes, like yeah. shooting water up, you know. Great dimples. And uh, it's never, it's actually probably not that way at all. But in the book of Jonah, the story of Jonah, um, and we've said before on this, everything in Jonah is exaggerated. Everything in Jonah is like borderline ridiculous. Um, and Jonah is really meant to get you, the reader, to interact with it and think. But here's how it ends. And I, I, I desperately want to know, did Jonah ever get it? And here's why I ask this. If Jonah is the author of this story, which most people don't think Jonah is the author, it's told about Jonah. But if he is the author, then that probably would indicate that he later in life came to his senses and wrote it like this because he looks ridiculous. He looks foolish in it. Um, And that would tell me that he got it. If it's not written by Jonah, but written about this person named Jonah, then I want to know if the the historical person Jonah, did he ever get it Mm -hmm. or did his contemporaries get it? Because here's how the story ends. Jonah goes to, you know, he gets spit up by the fish um, he's supposed to go to Nineveh. He goes the opposite direction. He gets swallowed by the fish, spit up by the fish. He goes to Nineveh, finally gives the worst sermon of all time. I'm about to send you to hell. God wants to burn you. They repent. He's really mad about it. He goes and he sulks. He's he's whining. He's complaining. And uh, then God brings a plant up and he gets shaded by the plant. He's very happy about the plant, but then God allows the plant to be scorched. And then he gets very mad about the plant because now he's not comfortable. And here's how it ends. God says to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And Jonah says, it is. And I am so angry, I wish I were dead. And of course, I just just love Jonah as he's presented in this story. And then verse 10, here's how it ends. Here's the the last words. Yahweh said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for this great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals, question mark. That's the ending. 
that's the end of Jonah. And it just leaves me with this like suspense what of what did he do? What happened? I don't know. I've used this example before in the uh, um, like what happened. Fly on the wall. I wanted to be in the bar for Jonah, if you recall, oh, yeah. as he's yeah. relating <laughs> the story yeah. later. But it still leaves me like, and I'm, I'm puzzled by it because I want to know why did the author end it this way, and how was it received both by the community that that was reading it, but then if there was if there was a person named Jonah who really experienced this story. Did he get it later? So much so to tell it, man, I was an idiot. Yeah. Um, mm. Don't make my same mistake. Will you be concerned about the plant? But even that conversation, if you can go not just to the audience who is reading it and hearing the story, but the moment of Jonah and, and Yahweh talking and that response of God to Jonah, mm. where you know the Lord is speaking. And Jonah, before the answer is even complete, is probably sitting there feeling the weight of the words, the weight of mm. the of the answer, and and then you're just stuck going, how will Jonah answer? How's he gonna respond? Yeah, how does he? It, it's your Walking Dead, and we like, don't know. It's the end. Yeah, it's that season six ender, and you gotta yeah. wait till next season to find you gotta out. You wait until you're in eternity and answering Jonah. Till but Jesus, then they cancel the Jesus series comes along and later. Yeah. There's new writers, the actresses and actors. <laughs> they all strike, so it's yeah, not yeah. good anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus come along, comes along later and says, you will see the sign of Jonah. That's the next, the next right. Jonah mention we get. So it's like, I don't, we don't know. And yeah. I just desperately want to know. Hmm. Tad number two? Oh, I'm torn. Uh, I'll go with this one. So uh, Genesis goes on where we get the, the, the creation, the fall, and then you just see chaos unfold with uh, Lamech, who's kind of this like evil guy, and it's all the chaos. Peaked in there. high school. Peaked in high school. Lamech definitely did. <laughs> or, or was he the one that we didn't want in a fight? You don't want to fight. You don't want to fight. Don't want to fight. Yeah, he's, killed his, he's killed his seven times seven or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so just chaos going on and and everything kind of like devolving into um, you get the, the flood and you kind of are thinking, how's God going to fix this mess? How's he going to how's he going to unfurl this sin that that people have brought in? And then in Genesis twelve, we get the call of Abraham, and God tells Abraham and Sarah to leave their land and and her and to go to the, go to the land I will show you which feels suspenseful in itself of just, you're going to go to this land I'm going to show you. Just leave all of your family and walk uh, west. Right. No map like to just point no map. at and go, just, oh, it's this way. Yeah, go, or the, go west. It's, it's just walk. Yeah. Go to the land I'll show you. Uh, I'll tell you when you're there. And also, you're going to have a kid, and they're already well-aged in years, so he's probably like in his 70s at this point. And uh, as is Sarah, they're both elderly, and it's known that she can't have children. And yet they go. You and there's it, this big suspense. You know what it sounds like? What? A hobbit's tale. <laughs> That's, why like <laughs> <laughs> That's why you like it. That's why you like it. That's probably why I like it. Uh, but I, I, one, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm so impressed by Abraham and Sarah's faith in that, that they did leave and they went. Yeah. Uh, but the suspense is they wait 25 years yeah. to have that baby. Yeah, and that whole time they're thinking, "Is this going to happen?" You get actually they, they for a while they begin to think, "Well, it must not be Sarah. It must not have been talking about that." And you have their whole um, terrible sin with the Hagar, but that that suspense that God keeps them in for twenty five years to to believe in the promise that He is going to in fact give them a child that will bring about this nation by which God will use to bless all nations. A uh, lot of suspense in the story of Abraham and Sarah. And we get it, in, like you said, pages, pages. in a few chapters, but right. but in between all of the ink, there's 
decades right. that they're they, waiting and they're they're just sitting there thinking they, when's God going to get us there. They probably felt suspense for a few months that turned to anger, mm -hmm. that turned to mourning, that turned to disbelief. Mm -hmm. Back to you know, it just went through this. I wonder spectrum. if they were ever like felt despondent and like you get oh, God man. showing up and actually seems like He's speaking almost face to face with them at times or through His messengers. Right. But years and years are going by in between all of those, yeah. keeping them in suspense. Again, for from the purposes of a movie, and I, oftentimes it's helpful for us to think about things in terms of movies. That's the medium that we often mm -hmm. relate to stories through or novels or something mm -hmm. like that. Like there's a billion ways to portray this. And one of the questions with that story that always sticks out to me is you, you don't need any of like 12 through seven. Like Isaac isn't even born till 17 and 18. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you, you don't need any of the story between the promise and then give us like, and then 20 years happen and then Isaac. But they give you all this story of them struggling and mm -hmm. failing and doubting and wrestling and messing up and yeah. trusting and not trusting. And it's like, like they're why, actually not really yeah. great exemplary why characters. Why give us this? Because that's their what faith. suspense yeah. does. Yeah. And right. it really drops you into that story to make you feel it with them. All right. That's Abraham, good. the call of Abraham. Number two, Caleb. That's good. Uh, I, I think for number two, you could almost do anything with Jesus and water. And so if you can think about Peter walking, walking, on, the walking on, that, on the water, that moment where he's stepping out of the boat. Yeah. There's a lot I want to know after that story. And, and, and him, you know, taking those first few steps. And yeah. then even the moment he's sinking down and you're going, oh, wait, wh what is going to happen? How, how does it have, how, how is this going to be resolved? Or as Jesus calms the storm and you picture this suspenseful moment where the waves are overtaking the boat, the wind is high and, and Jesus then eventually calms it down. I just, all the stories of Jesus interacting with water, even after the resurrection, as they yell to him, or he's on the shore and the, and the disciples are out on the boat and he yells to them and they immediately take off towards the shore. Water to wine, even. Water to mm -hmm. wine, could There's you imagine that? <laughs> um, I just think Jesus... And water. <laughs> the, Jesus and water. The moment of suspense that, that really would capture, like the moment that you would hang the cliffhanger of that episode on would be um, Jesus walking on the water, calling Peter out. Yeah. And they, you would build that episode to the disciples and Peter having some kind of a conflict. Peter's been a little braggadocious, but then he's also, he really does trust Jesus, but he really struggles and the disciples are kind of jealous. You would build that episode to mm. this point. And then here, come, here he comes on the water and the episode ends with Jesus calling to him, Peter wanting to walk out there. You need to have some shot at the disciples and then back at Peter. And then the episode ends with him lifting his foot out to step and then it goes to goes to credits. Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, how yeah, you that's would good. do that. And you have to wait for the whole next for the, season. What for happened? Because the then it becomes a comedy because when he sinks, like that's, <laughs> he just goes when he goes him. down <laughs> and Jesus pulls him back up, then he pulls him into the boat. Then, the, yeah. then you want that scene. You yeah. really want that yeah. scene with the disciples like, we knew this guy was a phony. Like, we told you guy. this guy. I knew that was gonna make it. We knew you couldn't do it. He's been sneaking um, seconds after dinner. that guy. <laughs> um, here's mine. My number two. I, I really like this one. Uh, I, this is. I, I feel strong that this was gonna be podium. Um, the book of Judges gives a story over and over and over again of. Uh, the people of Israel struggling to trust Yahweh, and then um, when they don't, uh, you know, enemies come and oppress them. And in this case, uh, the enemy that's oppressing them is a, a group called the Ammonites, another people group. And they're coming in and they're raiding their land, and they're scaring them, and they're taking uh, their stuff. And it's really, really frightening. 
And what happens is um, different kind of warriors would be raised up to, to defend the people and then rescue them from these oppressors. And this particular guy's name is Jephthah. Jephthah is raised up to be this mighty warrior. And he's having some success, it seems, at first. This is in Judges 11. And as he goes out to do to kind of face this enemy in battle, he makes this statement, verse 29 of Judges 11. He says, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. He crossed Gilead, passed through a couple of regions, and he advanced on the Ammonites. And then he made this vow to Yahweh. He said, If you give the Ammonites into my hands, whatever comes out oh. of the door of my house to mm. meet me when I return in triumph from the Ammonites will be Yahweh's, and I will sacrifice it as a burnt offering. So he makes this rash Pause. vow in the yeah. middle of this. He's going into battle. Yahweh said, I'm going to deliver them. And he makes this strange little, like, almost this weird, like, quid pro quo with God. Mm -hmm. If you do this, then I'll do this. And we, by the way, we all do this, right? right. Like, okay, God, if you give me, you know, I remember, I remember being younger, and I'm sure we all did something like this where you're like, okay, God, it starts with give me if I can get an A on an this, a test. On this yeah. test, or if, if that girl will like me, then I'll really. Believe. <laughs> then it gets more serious as you get older. Then it's like, Lord, if I could have a, if you if you'd speak to me in an audible way, I'll know you're real. We 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 all kind of do this game, um, and I think it's the reason the story's here because Jephthah makes the vow, and whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me when I tr return in triumph, the triumph Yahweh's already said I will give you. Well, he has the the victory is his, and then verse thirty four it says. Um, when Jephthah returned uh, to his home, and the way it even tells it is really builds a suspense, yeah. who should come out to meet him but his daughter, dancing to the sound of timbrels? She was an only child, except for her he had neither son nor daughter. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and cried, Oh no, my daughter, you have broke me down and I have devastated. I have made a vow to Yahweh that I cannot break. And then here's her response. Father, you've given your word to Yahweh. Do to me as you promised. Now that Yahweh has avenged you of your enemies, the Ammonites, but grant me this one request. Give me two months to roam the hills and weep with my friends because I'm a virgin. And he says, you may go. And he let her go for two months, she and her friends. They went to the hills. They wept because she was a virgin. After two months, she returned to her father. And here's the suspense. And it just says this. This is all it says. And he did to her as he had vowed. And she was a virgin. And then it says, from this comes the Israelite tradition that each year the young women of Israel go out for four days to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah, of Jephthah the Gileadite. Okay, so I think it is a good answer, but I, I think the that moment... Is on the podium. The moment of suspense actually isn't the one you mentioned. It's, there, it's, it's, there's three in there. It's the door opening. I know. So if it's, so yeah, many if it's moments. a movie, it's the, the vow has been made with God. Uh, Jephthah is walking home. Yep. You can oh, yeah. you picture his footsteps, you can see it happening, and then you just hear the squeak of the door. And it just begins yeah. to crack open a little bit and, and you, you wait see for the next push, season. And then it's just bright light. You can't see who's coming out of the door. Yep. You gotta wait for the next There's season. There's three in here. Why does he make the vow? You have to picture arrows flying, and he's this suspense of the war. Is God really gonna do it? Hmm. So he makes this rash vow. Then the one you're talking about, he comes home. And then there's the obvious one, which is what in the world? Happen because right. some look at right. this and say, well, he, some say he didn't he sacrifice, didn't sacrifice her. her. Right. He he sent her to be with the priests and he yeah. kind of 
uh, you know, sent her to like live her life out as a as dedicated to the Lord, and, and kind of like how Hannah did with uh, yeah, with yeah. Sam, some interpret Samuel. it that way; well, others as, interpret it as yeah. some as a, he made a rash vow and he's followed through with it, and all of it's supposed to be seen as outrageous and ridiculous. Right. Um, but I'll just read it again. She returned to her father, and he did to her as he had vowed, and she was a virgin. Yeah, it's bizarre. End of the story. It just there's suspense in that that I desperately want to know. And if you ended the season. If you ended that season or that episode with, I will do as I promised to Yahweh. And then they walk out that's the door. There's your scene. That that's the suspense. The not what it the what is it is unanswerable question. Yeah. You just the leave it right there. Is, and, and you don't even come back to it. That's what it right. does to you. It, you never come back to it. You just get this note about the tradition in Israel that arises <laughs> afterwards. Bizarre. All right, tab number three. Oh. I get an honorable mention later. I got, I got two that sure. I'm, I'm torn between. I'll go with this one, though. He only, has, he only had two today. Hey, I, did, I, I just made up that last oh, one, okay. so I got cool. one cool. coming. <laughs> cool, cool. He's good. Jesus and water. Jesus and water, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in Exodus, uh, after the Israelites have been freed from Egypt and their slavery, they get through the Red Sea, they get out in the wilderness, and they come to Mount Sinai. Moses goes up on the mountain. He's up there, uh, and we, you really see just God establishing his covenant relationship with the people of Israel, almost as like a marriage of, of sorts. Uh, but Moses goes up onto the mountain to meet with God, to receive the law. He's up there for very long. He comes back down. The Israelites have devolved into just debauchery and idolatry with the golden calf. He breaks the tablets. Um, and so we, we, we talked about this scene a few times before, but the suspenseful moment, uh, I think, is Moses going back up the mountain again, thinking, what is God's response to this going to be? And, and every step of the way, and that that alone is suspenseful, but he actually gets to the top of the mountain. Uh, and in Exodus 33, uh, he's talking with God and, and God tells him, hey, I'm still going to be committed to my promise that you can, you can go, go to the promised land. I, I said I would give it to you. I told your forefathers I would give it, you this land, but I will not go with you. And that moment must have just been devastating for Moses. He's like, oh, that, that ruins all of this. Like, you must go with us. If, you don't, if you're not with us, then we're, not only are we at risk, we're going to die, but, but we won't get to have this covenant relationship with you and everything will have been for nothing uh, if you're not with us. And then you know, it's almost like he leaves. And it's kind of this, this, this moment at the door. He's like, will you go with us? No. God said, I will not go with you uh, because, of, because of the sin. And this kind of cliffhanger of what's going to happen. Good news is the story goes on and, and they work things out. It's kind of a beautiful moment, actually, because Moses comes back and, and almost offers himself as, a, as kind of an intercessor or even a sacrifice. A mediator. A mediator. Yeah. He, he kind of is like a, a, a Christ-type figure that we kind of get a foreshadowing of the better Christ that would come. But he, he offers, you be with the people and take my life or, or don't meet with me anymore. And they work out this, the, this the the tent of meeting and the tabernacle follows this where God's presence will go with the people into the land. But but that moment would have just been so suspenseful, especially for Moses, but the entire journey up the mountain, but then actually God saying, I won't go with you. Yeah, clo closing yeah. the scene on that. Yeah, if like, you're in there. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out. You gotta come uh, yeah. back to that. The next, uh, like you're watching the next episode yeah, for a, sure. A shout out if you actually do want to kind of get into some of the drama of this. Uh, a friend of, uh, of ours that does podcasts as well, Holy Ghost Stories, uh, Justin Gerhardt does a whole season on the Exodus story and Moses, 
And this uh, this moment in particular, I think he captures really beautifully. So mm-hmm. go listen to that that season really of, good. of Holy Ghost Holy Stories, Ghost the Stories Exodus. Um, it, it's uh, yeah, probably it, the biggest suspense that you're missing though from that story is what would happen to the people after they had to drink the golden calf <laughs> that got they melted down. down. Yeah. Did they get sick? <laughs> like, did, they, like, uh, did it solidify again? How does it after work? They yeah. 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 Gold earrings. How, did they... how does this work? Yeah. Uh, Caleb, number two. That's a good one. Uh, my thir- No, this is our third one. Or number three, yeah. yeah. Number three. Uh, this is my third, yeah. Number three, also from Exodus for me, I think within the Exodus story, you could easily run to the people before uh, the sea Pharaoh chasing behind them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking around. Going, why, why, why'd you bring us out here? And, and Moses ends up saying, stand, be firm, you know, believe in the Lord. He'll work on your behalf. And they walked through really suspenseful. But even more so, I think, is the night before or the night of the last plague where mm. God has given the people the command to take the lamb, to <sighs> sacrifice yeah, it. terrifying. To go out and have your first, am I right? It's the firstborn son was supposed mm-hmm. to paint it on the doorpost. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you just start thinking about that moment that we gloss over pretty quickly a lot of times because we've heard the story so many times, just the, 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 the visualization of all these Hebrews out mm-hmm. there using blood to cover the doorpost into their homes, yeah. knowing what's going to happen, what's been told to happen, uncertain how it's going to be enacted, what will happen after that. It's just this moment oh, How of, many parents are holding their child all night, restlessly, oh, yes, capable of just sleeping? Just going, I, I'm sleeping right next to them to make sure nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just picture the scene, if it's in a movie, it's completely silent. Uh, all it is is just minutes and they're minutes showing, of silence. They're just showing faces, tears. It's dark, but no, yes. no music, no hardly, music, no talking. Nothing. Yeah, it's the it's the, all of the people of Rohan and the caves. At Helm's Deep. <laughs> yes, yes. You can't help yourself. Women and children just waiting. There are back other there movies the, besides Lord of the Rings. There's only one. There's only one movie series that matters. What's your third? Garden? All right, here's a. This is more lighthearted. At the end of Acts 28. Um, the story of Acts tells the story of the church really through the Holy Spirit expanding into the Roman world. And it ends with a with a positive moment of suspense that I really, we, we don't get it fleshed out. And we know a lot of church historians uh, and a lot of the early church historians that were talking about this back in the day would say that we're pretty certain that Paul is executed under Nero in the mid-60s AD, okay? Um, but here's how the story in Acts ends. It ends like this. He's made his way to Rome. He's there under house arrest. And it ends like this. For two whole years, Paul stayed there at his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now, here's why this is important. The beginning of Luke, so Luke and Acts are a two-volume set. They go together. You read them together. Luke begins in the temple of Jerusalem with a Jewish priest not believing the message of the angel about this coming Savior Messiah who's going to bless the world. That two-volume set ends with this positive, like this positive cliffhanger, this positive moment of suspense. It begins in the temple, and it ends in the, ca- in the heart of the empire in Rome mm-hmm. with the kingdom of God being cro- proclaimed about Lord, King, Careful. not Caesar, but King Jesus, who is the Christ of Israel, Without, with all boldness and without hindrance. And it just dot, dot, dots you there. It's one of those like, mm. 
to be continued. What's what, coming like, next? All right. You want to gonna... get after us? Look yeah. at what just happened. Right. Like, in Caesar City, Jesus right. is being proclaimed. What's interesting, though, is that's a ho- it, it's almost a hopeful suspense. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, it's hey, neat. what's the compounding interest on like this? You, or what's you, the yeah, exponential growth You leave growth this that movie happens? and you're like, yes, I'm going out. Like, it, yeah. it leaves you on one of those positive uh, moments of suspense where you don't know what happens. Right. And we actually know he it goes bad for Paul after this. Yeah. But Luke has chosen to tell the story in this way mm. so that the the people leaving the movie, in a sense, go, like, that's how it ended? That's how, let's get out there. Let, let's let's go get do out it. there yeah. and do it. So it's really good. The only one that I can think of that would be better would be the suspense that would happen as you wait the night before the ghost of Christmas past <laughs> get out is here. to show up get out. in your bedroom. All right, my three were Jonah, Jephthah, and the end of Acts. Yours were? I've got Abraham and Sarah waiting 25 years for their son, uh, Jesus duking it out in the wilderness for 40 days with Satan and Moses going up on the mountain. Uh, God will not be, God will not go with you and him waiting. Right. I think Abraham's on there. Yeah, I had uh, the whole David and Bathsheba uh, incident. I might be on there too. Uh, just all the moments leading up to his conviction. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also had Jesus in water. <laughs> your made up uh, answer. Can I, can I, or you have your, your third. Well, and then my third was just the painting of the doorpost in yeah, Exodus yeah. that night. I throw out an honorable, like, honorable mention. Yeah, you can. Uh, Jesus in front of Pilate and the suspense of Pilate with a mob outside uh, and waiting what he, what's his decision going to be. But the suspenseful moment is whenever Pilate kind of thinking maybe he's out because he's like, I don't want to mess with this guy. I think he's innocent. I don't want his blood on my hands. Even my wife has had dreams saying not to deal with this guy. Uh, and you kind of get this hard, like intense man suddenly kind of in a corner and afraid. And he thinks my way out is I'll let them choose between Barabbas mm-hmm. and Jesus. He says, just pick and I'll release one of the prisoners thinking, surely they'll pick Jesus. I got an actual convicted criminal here, innocent man. This will get me out of it. And that moment of silence for the crowd, which one do you want? You could build to that Barabbas. and then, let the, let and then the, go to credits. Credits, yeah. but then maybe that one person in the back corner we want Barabbas. Right. And then it turns into chanting, we want Barabbas. Yeah, Barabbas. Yeah. Give us Barabbas. And, like, that'd be a really suspenseful You would moment. have to watch the next episode. Like, you <laughs> would have to. It does. It, you, you just hear. What do you want? The way the episode ends is someone in the crowd get, yelling, give us. Give us. Yeah. yeah. It stops. Yeah. Yeah. You'd watch that. Those are that'd good. Um, I feel, da- Daniel, any any uh, any favorites of that? Like, I I feel like Jephthah's got to be on there, but uh, I think that Abraham... <laughs> Jephthah Jephthah breaks my heart. That, that was so, sad. It's such a tragedy. It's so sad. That, I saw all these in, like, the Prince of Egypt style. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. So, the Red Sea one, I yeah. know you kind of brushed over it. You did, too. I was like, man. And the Red Sea would be huge. They do such a good when job with that. When you say Prince do. of Egypt style, do you just mean you have Whitney Houston singing yes, the soundtrack? Of course. Yeah, of course. Really yeah, good yeah. cartoon. Val Kilmer I mean, yeah. voicing God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really, actually, I really like Jesus and Water. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go! Because, because all of it, like, Water to Wine. I think, Garland, you added that. Like, that's really cool. Um, Bathsheba would be an amazing miniseries. Because it it's be. like a month. It would it, really build up to it. I like uh, Tad's Go to the Land, I Will Show You, and I like Jephthah as well. Because I think you set it up early in the season with his daughter wearing some sort of the bells or whatever, and then when the doors open, you just hear like you a hear single. Oh, it's like Inception. Oh, yes. It's like Inception. It. Yes. It's Inception. That You're puts like, oh. me maybe to gold even. That uh, Jephthah to gold? Maybe, but I'm not going to tell you all which was my favorite. Those are just my favorite <laughs> of each of y'all. The only but problem. Do you have a favorite? 
Do you have a one? Jephthah with the bells is that's pretty good. I really like Jephthah with the bells. All right, let's do it this way. Let's leave it in the hands of the audience. Deal. I think we've got our suggestions. The Abraham story just the Abraham, suspense in that. That's a big one. Everything about Passover all the way through yeah, to the yeah, Red yeah. Sea. Um, we have the Jephthah story just gut wrenching in every single way. And then Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Bathsheba and David. You could do so much with that. Right. At every turn, there's a cliffhanger yeah. waiting for that next uh, next show to start. So let us know what you think. Where would you rank him? Gold, silver, bronze. And maybe you get a little honorable mention in there. And uh, as always, thanks for listening to the Lower Room Discourse. We hope that was fun and interesting and not blasphemous. If it was all of those things, then share it with a friend and follow us on Instagram at the Lower Room Discourse. See you next time. <laughs>